Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ah, yes, welcome along to the Shelter Sportscast from the Back Chat Studios. Mark Reddings alongside Chris Corners. We look towards the World Cup. Of course, the music you hear in the background is from the Southern River Band, local lads out of Thornley. We know how good they are in Scully and, and Dashing Dan, very big fans of them. Of course, we produce these shows every Monday and Thursday, giving you preview, reviews of everything in sport outside of the footy season. It's a bit more rounded, so to speak, and the round ball game will be the focus today. Uh, socials at Shelter Footycast. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. YouTube, back chat, you know where to find us. Uh, Shelter, born and bred in Bustleton, WA. Great drop, great company, and we love them as well. Uh, Coiny, you are dressed for success. Look at you in your glory gear, hey? Yeah, couldn't afford anything else, mate, so I had to wear the sponsored gear today. So, <laughs> no, nah, wash, it's washing week, mate. So We have to say that, uh, well, the World Cup and plenty of news on the A-League front and for the Perth Glory. But let's get down to... The business of the World Cup final, we know that it's going to be France v Argentina. The two best countries left in it, is that fair to say? Well, definitely the two best left in it. Um, and obviously when we spoke previously, we thought they'd be there or thereabouts. So I'm glad though, I mean, even though Morocco was a fairy tale, I think it was maybe one game too many, but um, should it looks like it's going to be a cracking final. I think the two best left are, are definitely going head-to-head on uh, Sunday night. You've got France trying to become the first team, I think, in 60 years to go back-to-back at yep. World Cup level. And then you've got the romance of Leo Messi and the where do, you, where do you sit on that? I, I sort of – I'm sort of I, – I don't have any strong allegiances, but probably leaning towards Argentina just on that basis. But I, I, I don't know. As oh, Australians, yeah. where should we lean? Yeah, well, I, I don't know because I'm the same. I just think that, that fairy tale ending for someone that's had such a great career, um, I thought – England might do it over France. I wasn't sure. I was I was so Switzerland the other week in yeah. terms of picking one. But um, now that they've both got this far, I don't know. I think it's just the romance, the fairy tale. I, I, I think I want Argentina win just purely for Messi. We'll try and break that final down. Of course, 11 o'clock, Perth time on Sunday night. But we're talking about sporting news this week. The A-League uh, and football in this country uh, absolutely bathing in the success of the Socceroos. But that lasted about <laughs> 1.2 seconds with the powers that be deciding to hand... For three years, the grand final, the A-League grand final, 
to Sydney. Now, there's been criticism from outside, from inside. Break it down, Corny, from a, a football perspective and, and what you think this, this means long term. Yeah, listen, I suppose given it some context, so for people that don't know, obviously the A-League a was run by the Football Federation Australia, the FA, and then what they've done over the last two years is that they've taken a model um, similar to what they have with the EPL, where the EPL actually runs that league, um, but it's governed and all its regulations are actually written by by the English FA. So we've followed a similar similar business model, I suppose, in Australia, so that the owners or the clubs um, have that autonomy in, on making decisions. So what's happened is eight clubs have voted yes, four have said no, um, and it's a purely commercial reason um, you know, listen, we're not stupid. Let's be honest. Everyone knows it's a commercial decision. Do I agree with it? Um, I'd hate to not have the opportunity that we had in Perth three, four years ago where Optus Stadium was full and the Perth public gets to see their team playing in a grand final. So for me, being a, a, a sort of football head um, in terms of like a bit of a nuffy when it comes to footy, I'd like the opportunity of getting that. But then I'm also not stupid because the the, the AFL have been doing it for years. Um, you and know, and it's going to be like that for until 2057. That's the reality for West Coast reality. Eagles, Fremantle Dockers. You have to play at sometimes the home ground of a Melbourne club, even when you finish higher. Yeah, exactly. And we've we've seen non obviously non-Victorian teams in the final. So... Playing devil's advocate, I also see the commercial reasons of why they've done it. They're in their infancy. We've gone through two years of COVID. There hasn't been bums on seats. So if you're looking at holistically, for the longevity of the game and for them to grow the brand, I think it's actually a good commercial decision. Now, I'm, as a fan, I'd rather see that, So the, you know, everyone's got their opinion. But for me as a fan, I'd rather see my home team, if they earn the right to play the final at home, they get that right. But I also understand for the benefit of the game, that sometimes decisions have to be made for the, the whole of the game, not just for, for the 12 A-League clubs. So does that mean, in a nutshell, you think, given Sydney has it for three years, that Melbourne might be the next cab off the rank? We're never going to get a grand final under those circumstances, surely? No. Well, that's the problem. And because they've got three teams, New South Wales has got five. I understand why they're doing They've also got bigger population bases. So if that's, I don't think we're going to see this as a long-term solution because I think the pushback from the public's been far too great. Um, you know, let's be honest, VFL was the home of the league that other other teams came into. The AFL or the A-League is an Australian-wide competition, so it didn't have that root space like the, the VFL did. So I think for a commercial aspect of, of three years, I can understand it, but I don't think long-term that it will have any legs at all. Some of the big moments of the round on our Shelter Sportcast, Mark Reddings, Chris Coyne joining on this Thursday. Righto, let's get down to some uh, business when it comes to, we talked about the World Cup, and locally, um, what about the Perth Glory? Um, now, Dan was at Macedonia Park. I was just uh, slumming it at the MCG, listening to Billy Joel do his best work. But you boys were both at Macedonia Park on the weekend. A victory for the boys, which was terrific, but also the crowd and the buzz. Surprised by the vibe? No, not really. I, I think I said a few weeks ago, like that retro feeling, it had the old NSL-type feeling about it. And it was um, – even walking into the stadium, it, it just had a really good vibe to it. And, um, 
you know, obviously getting the win obviously helps, but um, from from the kickoff, the, the the supporters, the the people that turned up, saw Dan there throwing beers at you know at the shed end and that having a bit of fun. So just going to go, and go on record that that didn't happen. <laughs> I'll I'll send you the footage. He did though. We have found out that he did uh, have a GA pass, but just uh, talked his way into the premium. Oh, that's what you can do, mate. When you when you is there such thing as a premium? It's Macedonia. There, there is, there is. It's premium minus the E. But to be honest, mate, what the what you know what's been transformed or how they've transformed that ground to get it to where it is is nothing short of remarkable so great game of football i've obviously watched it back two or three team times now to, to get an overview on it great game of football goals goal mouth action you know i had all of it and then um you know i think in terms of like pedestrian access access etc i think it was a good job done by all just to um get the game on it was um it was good fun we're talking about fans going back to the grand final moving to sydney for three years i've actually bumped into one of your staff members yesterday at steve's they're having just a, a couple of uh, Couple of quiet re- ones. Christmas refreshments, which they are totally entitled to do. And he said to me that he's a bit disappointed a couple of Glory supporters had rang him up and said, we're going to cancel our memberships in support of, or in a backlash against the grand final decision. But of course, that does the Glory no good. You want their fan, your fans to stick fat. Yeah, that's the problem. So I read something yesterday as well where they're talking about walking out in the 20th minute mark and all the rest of it. So I don't think the grievance, and I think Tony Sage, to be fair, has come out and shown that he's, he's disapproved of this. I, I don't want to put words in Tony's mouth. It's only what I've read. But the fans have got to remember that the clubs don't have that control to make those decisions so that there is a body above them that makes those decisions. And they're, they're always trying to act in the best interest of the game. So... At the end of the day, you know, the fans can do whatever they want. They pay their hard-earned money. They, they work hard during the week to in, ensure that they can they can go to games. And, you know, if they want to stand on their heads for 90 minutes, like, they can do whatever they want within reason, obviously. But um, at the end of the day, they, we haven't had a game for 217 days before we played yeah. on Saturday night. And that... It felt weird just getting getting in the car and rocking up to a game instead of it's flying and driving plane. and all the rest of it. So, I, 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 you know, listen, I'd, um, I'd definitely support them in however they choose to take action, but not to the detriment of their football club. Yeah, so well spoken. I think that you know I'd support them with whatever they do, but um, I'd like that like them to be there as a twelfth man as well. Now you've got uh, Macarthur on Sunday, then of course I think Wellington coming back uh, the other end of the following week on the Friday. But yeah. the big news is Adam Taggart coming back to Perth, and a statement he made about the, your club being basically where his heart lies. Yeah, well, do you know what? He's similar to me. I think Skates. He's he's a Perth boy, and it's all we knew. This is our club. And everyone's had a different journey and, you know, Tags went off to Fulham and he's been over in Asia and he's played, he's traded a few other clubs, but he, this is his club. Um, and I had a good chat with Tags the other day and he just, you're happy being home, mate. How's everything? You settled in and usual chit chat, usual bullshit. And um, he just goes, corny, I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing to be back. And he, he said, I can't wait to get out there. So great coup for the club, you know, good work from, from Ruben and, and Andy Keogh and, and Tony and that to get it across the line. And, um, Tags is like chomping at the bit. He just wants to get out there and obviously got to wait till um, 11th of January, you know, to get all the contract and then transfers across. But um, done and dusted and it's great to have him back. He's a good character. He's a, he's a very, very strong personality as well, Tags. He's a, a good one to get back. Great news for the glory. A victory at home. They get Adam Taggart in uh, 2022 in a decent spot. Hopefully some more momentum to come. This is the Shelter Sportscast. Damn, I've got him working. Just trying to get those stings more regular. Just have a real buzz about it. Look at you shaking your head. Uh, 
in disgust as well, by the way. I know, we're just trying to keep on his toes. Well, the rest of the round, as we discussed, and going back to the semi-finals, and we're using using your footy IQ here, Corny, to work out the Argentinian-France matchup. Uh, of course, Argentina, far too good for Croatia, 3-0. Um, they dominated, essentially. What sort of flaws do you see in their, their game? Are they Obviously, they beat Australia 2-1, which many Australians are thinking, well, the two teams that knocked us over have made the final. There you go. So we weren't too far off, were we? But um, no, they're, 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 we said they started slowly, Argentina. Obviously, they've become the first team, I think, to ever win the World Cup. Was it the second team? I think Spain might have done the same. So... They've grown into that World Cup, and the fact they didn't have a five-week lead in it, they've just progressed beautifully, and they've come together as a unit. You can see the closeness, you know, that that Dutch game, when they're all kicking off on the sideline. I, I mean, I didn't like him kicking the ball into the opposition bench, but you can see that tightness that they've, they've grown. And, um, you know, they've come together. What might catch up with them, the fact that they've played six games in, in such a short time, with that aging squad, older group, you know, Messi's got to back it up again. It's it just becomes it's a final though, corny. Come on, yeah, it is. But you know, you think of all the adrenaline and all the gas and all the juice they're going to use before extra time the final. As well, they've played some extra minutes. That's what I mean. So it could be the one that catches up with them due to the fact that they have got that aging squad and and the French are, at, are probably a better better football age than the the Argentinians. Messi, uh, we've talked about him briefly, but. What do you do in a football sense to, to try and limit his effect on a game? Kick the piss out of him. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get close enough to him. No, I mean, it's so hard, is he, mate. Is he quick? Is he light He's foot? sharp. He's yeah. nimble. His centre of gravity is low. And what he's so good at, he just, he's got this real knack and this real awareness of just finding space. So if you, if you watch some footage of him, he always goes and stands next to the referee. So he's always just in and around where the referee is and it doesn't catch people's eyes. He's, he's very, very clever. And, you know, that, that third goal the other night where he just dances around people and he, he's just still got that ability to, that one-on-one ability where he can just really um, take someone to the cleaners. So he's, he, I reckon he's grown into the tournament as well. You know, he's, I think he's got better and better as the tournament's gone. Six-time Argentina has reached the final. I think they've won three of those just off the top of my head, but they've certainly been dominant in, in so many ways. Uh, the biggest semi-final history while keeping a clean sheet. So they've got a lot of numbers going in their way. If you look at this team compared to, say, other great Argentinian side, is it is it comparable or, or are we just looking at maybe Messi, Alvarez was outstanding the other night? Are they not in the same class as some of those great Argentinian sides? I don't know because I get a bit nostalgic. You can tell you're getting old when you get nostalgic, yeah. right? And I look back at the 86 World Cup and remember that that was my sort of first memory of it. So I look at that team and think, shit, mm. they're a good team. But... You go back to the 78 final when, you know, they had a great team then as well. So I think on paper um, there is good and they've got that maturity and that experience which allows them to sort of grow into games. Um, are they as good as that sort of 86-90 t- team with, when you're talking about your Canegias and Maradonas and whatever? I think Maradona carried a lot of that, that team as well. And I think actually Messi's now got help where Maradona didn't have too many uh, helpers around him. So I think, you know, this team's good. This is a good Argentinian team. And the thing is, with every Argentinian team, they're tough. They won't give in. They'll, they'll fight to the to the hilt to um, get a result. Didn't they give it to the Dutch after they oh, won? Oh, yeah. There was a bit of feeling. And now... You just... What about when Van Dyke came flying over as well and absolutely sent the boy flying? I thought it was cold. Oh. I don't mind a bit of that stuff. It was good. Yeah, well, some say, you know, look, you've got the result and, and then you, you start to wind up the opposition. But 
Look, into the day they went went back after their semi final win, they they sang in the rooms and a bit of talk. It might have been homophobic yeah, or racist. I'm not too sure. I've got no I'm, idea. I don't speak Spanish, so I'm not sure. But <laughs> even... I speak Swahili occasionally after some shelters. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Probably every Sunday morning after the World Cup. But even like the way that Messi, so you can see how much it means to him. And my son asked me the other day, like Messi, should he be doing this? Should he be doing that? So he's gone for the um, Holland coach. Yeah. And I said, you can see how much it means to him that he's calling him out, saying you, you open your mouth too much, shut up you know, let us get on with it. So I think he's probably been an instigator of some of that sort of banter banner, and, you know, what's going on because it means a lot to him. This is his last chance. He knows this is his last chance saloon. And I think we've seen that in his performances as they've gone through the tournament. And you talk about their opponents, France, 2-0 over Morocco, which when you say the soft side of the draw, semi-final-wise, it turns out they're very miserly throughout the tournament, um, Morocco. But I guess the class factor comes into play here. And let's give credit to France because I remember the injury toll yeah. heading into the tournament was quite pronounced. They've managed to to really just glide, I want to say glide through. They, they haven't really created too many waves. They've just been very professional in getting through to yeah, another they final. Have. They were lucky to get through against England. I think if Harry Kane scores that penalty, I think it's a completely different story because mm. for me, England were the better team. They were the better team, but French, French obviously showed some great resilience. But... um. They have cruised through it. They've got some great athletes. And then when you're talking about the boys they're missing, we're not just talking about like squad players. We're talking world class. So the fact that they've got themselves show this, shows the strength and depth that they've got through that unit. So going to be a great final. Two contrasting styles. Um, you know, the Argentinians will, will play Flary in the front third and the, and the French will just play with pure pace and, and look to get Mbappe and and um, those sort of front three on the ball. So it's going to be um, a, a cracking game. If you had the choice, you know, schoolboy footy, where you get the, the choice in the backyard or wherever it is, do you take Mbappe at the, at the stage of his career or do you still go to the, the old bloke at 35, Leo Messi? I mean, who do you take oh, so in so we're fight? picking teams. If you're picking one player out of, out of those two oh, to, to take a, into a, a final. Good, good question, mate. Good, good question. I am going to go with Messi. I think he can orchestrate a lot more. So reason I say this is Mbappe predominantly plays down that left side. So if people aren't feeding him, he's not getting any of the ball. Where Messi will go and feed himself, he'll go and get scraps, he'll go and just pick the ball off wherever he needs to get it to sort of dictate the tempo of the game. So I think if they can stop the source to Mbappe, he becomes very limited like they did against England the other night, mm -hmm. where Messi's one of them that he'll just go and fetch and carry and he, he can take take the ball up the pitch as well. So I'd probably say Messi. Okay. Uh, 11 o'clock Sunday night. Not sure we got your selection and a scoreline because your predictions, the, the crystal balling of Coiny has been... Uh, Absolutely elite. Not uh, bad. I, I've good. fallen over the last few weeks. It's been tough. Like yeah, Brazil well, losing, I would have lost a fortune. But that's, that a go, I mean, but. you weren't a lone soldier there. But this is this is a really tough game to call. I, I'd imagine France light favourites or not? I think so, yeah. I haven't actually had a look at the odds I'll for have a change, a look, I'll have a look now. The thing for me is I think if I was chucking money on it, I'd probably back France. But when the old heartstrings come out, I think in the heart of hearts, I want I want for uh, Argentina to win it just because I think it, it's 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 just set up beautiful. So Mbappe and, and Messi are on the same amount of goals. They've both got the opportunity of winning player of the tournament. So I think whichever team wins it, they get the golden boot, player of the tournament, plus a World Cup to go with it. So I, I just think, you know, as a kid, you grow up, that's the stuff that dreams are made of. And I, th I think it's one of them where... I'd love to see Messi go down and, and go out because I think he's been such an elite professional his whole career. And the way he's, not just the way he's played, but the way he's conducted himself and all the other stuff that he does, you know, in terms of his, his human element. I think he's been, um, not to say that Mbappe, Mbappe hasn't done that. He's still a kid. 
but at 35 i think all the humanitarian stuff and all the other stuff that that messi's done i think speaks volumes um just back to that in a second but as it turns out argentina at 280 the draw 295 france 275 so you couldn't really ask can't for, split a hair, it's, can a, you? it's 50 50 and just quickly because messi as a as a human like we've seen ronaldo act like a bit of a goose i've got to tell you um in the last couple of months in terms of a team aspect, Messi is highly regarded on and off the pitch? Yeah, he is, yeah. Apart from when he took that money, I think it was the Saudis or something, where he's gone the sponsorship. But, hey, um, well, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, all the stuff that he does externally of football, you know, it, it's massive. Um, and not saying that Ronaldo hasn't, I couldn't, couldn't tell you that, but I just think it speaks volumes of his career that he's been in the game since he was 16. And I don't think there's been one bad word said about him or anyone that's had a, a crossword against him. So, you know, no teammates, no ex-teammates. You know, the, the work that he does external of football as well. Uh, obviously, UNICEF are big sponsors of, of Barcelona. So I just think that he's been the ultimate professional and someone that if you had a young kid that was looking to play the game, you'd say, well, follow him. Mm. And don't look at that pork chop that's carried on like an absolute nugget for the last four weeks. Well, once this finals over will he play club football or is that it I think he might do I think he might do I think that Saudi thing might have been the fact that it might be a precursor for his retirement over there um, but I think it's one of them like his appetite for football has been that big I think he might carry on but do you want to damage your legacy going into 37-38 when you can sail off into the sunset with the World Cup potentially uh, under your armpit um, now third place I can't wait for this why do, you, why do they play for third waste of time would you want to just go home Absol- I mean the only thing I would say if you're a squad player that hasn't had much of a look in, true, it does give them an opportunity to go and you know play at that you know that level. But Put it this way, if Australia, you know, heaven forbid, we had the chance to to get to that point, we'd all be glued to our TVs on yeah. Saturday at eleven pm. It's, it's Croatia and Morocco. Um, I think you'd be heartbroken as a player though, like losing the game at such a level. I'm sitting there going, Qatar, Dubai. Yeah, it's an hour flight. Let's get out of here. I'm out of here. Let's go, boys. Let's. Who's winning this one? Well, Croatia's start favourites, I'm guessing. I think Croatia. But then again, it depends on what they do because the Moroccans have been pretty feisty and they've been at it. So it just depends whose appetite to win the game's actually there. I'll be honest with you because it's a dead rubber. I mean, who, who really gives two shits if you finish third or fourth? No, but if you're Morocco, I mean... I think, yeah, that's what I mean. I think the Moroccans might have the, more of an appetite for mm. it. Where Croatia know, made the final four years ago, yeah. being that so they've gone from on the cusp to thinking, well, do you get now? Serious, silly question for World Cups: Do you do you get medals for finishing third? What do you get for if you I, win the World Cup? Yeah, well, yeah, you get medals, but I, I'm not sure. I think it's more the um, for me, it would be more the sense of achievement. You could sort of give me a medal and I'd chuck it in the drawer, but that sense of achievement, no one can ever take it off you. So um, the third and fourth thing, it's always been a damp squid for me. It's not something I'd ever get up and watch, but. You know, at the end of the day, the Moroccans have come a long way as well. So, I mean, it's a bit unfortunate for Croatia as well. That's probably the end of their their tenure at that level. Uh, Agent squad, they haven't really got much coming through with the youth. So, maybe they do want to go out with a bang and say, listen, this is where we're at as a group. Um, I read 1.2 billion. This will be, we're talking about the Olympics. This is going to be the most watched sporting event this year. And given the numbers keep going up, not just TV, but stream, the most watched sporting event ever, just by virtue of how many people around the world will be tuned in it around the, the globe. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, it's you, you can't put it into into context because the, the Olympics is massive, don't get me wrong, because it involves so many countries, but the World Cup's a four-year journey. 
So every country is vested. And then even if you're not there, you know, every person in China or every football fanatic in China is going to be watching it. So it's a massive, massive crowd. And, and you know, that's why the Budweiser are putting 120 millions worth of beer in their storage for it. <laughs> where, where did those people end up drinking the beer? Because I saw some, they had some, uh, like a backup plan. But anyway, they, they oh, weren't they'll drinking shelter. Because I'll tell you what, they're drinking the shelter. They would have been up and about over there in the, the Qatar. population of Buddy Bus. I'll go through the roof once <laughs> they get into that. Oh, did I get your scoreline here? No, I'm going to go 2-1 Argentina. 2-1 Argentina, Messi score? Yep. Oh, gee, you've got the fairy tale written beautifully there, uh, yep. Chris Coyne. Now, uh, some other sporting news we should touch on. Uh, let's work on the Wildcats. Now, COVID, I'm not sure if it's still a factor at, at glory level, but certainly tomorrow night's yeah, game. between the breakers, between the though. Breakers, they've got some COVID over there. Uh, unfortunately, and even Dan was telling me it's going to be hard to reschedule that. The Wildcats, by the way, coming off an amazing victory. Not sure if you saw it, but I did. Yeah, Corey Webster, uh, uh, three pointer. They, they talking trailed... about fairy tales. Two fiftieth game, all the rest. It was superb, amazing. And they trail by what five with about nine seconds remaining. Well, wasn't it fourteen or something with fifty odd oh, seconds or you're something? Right. Crazy it was, to I'd, go, I'd, it, mate. It was unbelievable. I walked out of the uh, media room. I just <laughs> thought, no, I was just thought it's done. Um, and they get up and win that. But I guess the, the postscript to that is, you know, they got out of jail there, but. Now they don't play tomorrow night and they've got to try and reschedule the break. The break is, is there a COVID um, concern in the A-League still or is that pretty much put to bed? Yeah, there still is. I mean, a, a massive sort of thing came through the other day about the protocols processes and, and a lot of it's to do with player wellbeing. So there's none of this if you've got three or four missing, like the game's cancelled. There, there's more of an open policy now and you've just got to in, incorporate maybe some youth into the into the game. So... There is still that facet there, and uh, speaking to people, I was over in Sydney last week, and they said there's an, another outbreak there, and the, you know all the rest of it. We've seen it in Perth, like there's different variants in that, but as a general consensus, I think people are treating it more in sport like it is a flu. So just make sure that the athlete is looked after, and then that we can't transmit it or, or pass it on to others when we're travelling or in the venue. So the games will go ahead in the A League, but um, it, it's I say it's concerning, but you know I think we've moved past that point. It's it's just about awareness and people doing the right thing. I think we've got to that point now as a society. Cricket, of course. Uh, the first test against South Africa begins on Saturday morning up at the Gabba. They're saying a sellout there, which is... I hope so. Which Will is huge. a contest, it's, it's one versus two. Yeah. It's but... first versus second. So, and tell you what, the South Africans, dare I say it, they'll give the Australians a bit of verbal, oh, which, God, which yeah. is fantastic. Wouldn't when you, you just say? Oh, mate. Well, four <laughs> years ago, of course, you think of Sandpaper Gate... They've got, as you know, South Africans, they've got a bit of fire on their belly. edge to them, yeah, yeah they've, got, they've got some fast bowlers, so their batting's a bit suspect. But Well, that's what I wasn't sure of. Yeah, so bowling-wise, though, I mean, there's some sharp boys in there. They can throw it down. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be mid one forties up to the one fifty. So, especially on that Gabba pitch, the, the toss will be interesting. Absolutely. Um, we know that Pat Cummins will come back into the side. Michael Neza misses out. So uh, the Australians have got so much depth with their bowling that they can um, really mix and match their, their. It's a tough one for Neza. I thought he was really good in the last test mm. against. I know average opposition, but he would have probably paid forty odd tests by now if he wasn't coming up against Cummins, Starks, and Stark and Hazelwood. So. I think he's um he'll be one of them that maybe looks back a bit undernourished at the, at his career because he's a great cricketer. No, you're right, fantastic cricketer. He'd be playing, you think, with well, the West Indies. He'd be playing every Test match and then some. And yeah. opening the baton as well. <laughs> oh, well, maybe not, maybe three. The good news is the West Indies are back next summer for a Test series. Holy, hopefully, hopefully oh. they bring the A team this time instead of the um oh. the B team. But like I, I, like we said before, I love my cricket and sat down first day watching. I'm thinking, oh yeah, they're up and about. When they're trundling out 112s and you've got Holder in that bowl, and I mean, that's off spin. Like Nathan Lyon could roll his arm over and bowl that. Yeah. It's like it's poor. 
It yeah, is, Paul. It's not um, not the series we wanted, but I think the South African series will offer a bit more spice. Uh, and the big bash, of course, the Scorchers, defending champions, they get their campaign underway Saturday afternoon against the Sixers. Now, talk about injuries. I mean, you guys, through the glory season last year, went through a lot of pain. Uh, they've lost, you think of it, Phil Salt through injury, Mitch Marsh, likewise. Laurie Evans done for the recreational drugs. Uh, Tymel Mills, the latest casualty. Um, I think he's got a, not so much injury, but a family emergency he's got to deal with. So the Scorchers... <laughs> I don't know. They've got some great depth, and you know what it's like. You don't have to have the best team on paper, but you have to gel well. Yeah. Adam Voges does a good job, but this will be a tough task. It'll be a to... tough task. I think we've got enough enough youth and that coming through. I think we're blessed in WA at the moment. I think we've got a real group of, of good cricketers coming through. Yeah. So I think it's going to be – I think sometimes someone's misfortune is someone else's opportunity. And I think some of these boys that have maybe been deprived of opportunity are going to grab it. And hopefully they can grab it with both hands and go ahead because there's some really rich pickings in WA cricket at the moment. Jeez, you sound like a coach. No, but you're very well spoken there, Corny. Uh, Aaron Hardy, by the way, he's a good young cricketer. Scored 170 in a Shield final. Uh, fantastic all-rounder. And uh, we look forward to him going well. As we wrap things up on this uh, pre-World Cup preview, can you just explain one thing? In the world of football, France get through to the final. Uh, cops in Paris are forced to intervene with riots. So they win and they riot. What happens if they lose? Oh, good God. I've got no idea. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because they're not known as a big drinking culture either. So with the English, you'd go, oh, they're all just pissed and they're all just carrying on like bloody idiots. Where the French, and it's the same as the Belgium. Do you remember that a couple yeah. of weeks ago on the Belgium? I know that that's because their team were crap. But yeah, it's a strange one, mate. I mean, if they don't win... Yeah, again, there's going to be anarchy. But I know there's a lot of um, social turmoil and economic turmoil as well in France at the moment. So there might be a little little bit of that sort of socioeconomic sort of stuff of where it's on the borderline, where it's tension and it's yeah. edgy and all the borders and you've got all the migrants. And I think there's quite a lot going on Europe post-Brexit and post all the other stuff that's gone on. So I think that must be the under, might, not must, yep. might be the underlying thing. And then obviously once you put the, the forum of football there, People just jump on board because there's such big numbers and all of a sudden it blows out of proportion. And Argentinians, I just, I don't know many of them, but gee, they look as passionate as they oh, come. Yeah, is that fair to say? How good have they been at the World Cup though? How oh. good have their supporters been? Not right. as good as the Japanese supporters who are no. cleaning up the venues after the matches. They're <laughs> unbelievable. We played in Japan. They were there an hour before the game with all their support crew. There must have been 70,000 there. And from an hour before kickoff, before we even warmed up, they're sitting there just dancing and singing and going around and the fact that they actually clean the like the, the stadium afterwards it's like wow it's it's unbelievable just show, speaks a lot for their culture i think huge and it's a massive night uh, sunday night 11 o'clock and of course uh, we'll have a full wrap of that on monday uh, at some stage depending on what, Who's time, bringing the what, what time we finish <laughs> off there might be a few uh, few uh, well i've got sh- a fine from sydney Oh really? Yeah, so we play obviously MacArthur on the Sunday, so you'll be you'll be up and about. Don't worry, Corny. You'll be oh, able to give us a good yeah. rap. You'll get to home to watch the game. Uh, of course, if you want to keep it up to date with anything we do at the Shelter Sportcast, at socials at Shelter Footycast, Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au, uh, YouTube back chat. You know where to get us. Shelter Footycast playlist uh, links in bio. Uh, Dashing Dan is off to a family barbecue, uh, which fun, he Dan. can't wait for at Hyde Park. Um, I'm off to look for a Christmas present for my wife. Which is uh, hopefully going to be a short, sharp kill, but good luck, I good suspect luck with that, that's mate. Not, uh, you done your Christmas shopping yet? No, nah, my wife's trying to drag me out tonight as well, so I'm not looking forward to it. Boys, husbands and wives, get out there, get the Christmas presents and uh, look after your loved ones. We'll catch you on Monday. Thanks for your company, Corny. As always, well done. Cheers, Keats. All the best.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.